Money Dearest is a podcast series focusing on elder abuse. It is brought to you courtesy of the Sydney Community Foundation and the Perkins Family Foundation and produced in the studios of Radio 2 SERFM. Many people don't want to think about the ending of their lifespan, but it's one thing that we know will happen to us all at some point. How do you want the end of your life to be like? Is it worth thinking about the way you wish to live in the future? I'm sure you're thinking yes. I do want to have a say in how I live when I'm older and less capable to make decisions on my own. Elder abuse can be financial, psychological, through neglect, or physical or sexual abuse. And in this episode, we're going to look at the issue of multiple competing types of abuse. This is where a number of abuses take place and could be various aspects of neglect, psychological or physical abuse. Your family or the closest to you will be asked to make decisions on your behalf. And if your will and preference is clearly defined, then they will have a good idea of what they need to do. But your health can deteriorate at any time when either people aren't around or have competing priorities, and this can lead to elder abuse. In this episode, Olivia Masters, 87, has had a debilitating stroke, but partially because of her own strong-willed character, her family agreed for her to go back to her home. Given that her granddaughter, Anna, could also be moving back to Sydney and would want to move in with her. Three months ago, Olivia suffered a severe stroke that has affected her speech, swallowing and mobility. After two weeks in hospital, she spent three weeks in rehabilitation and then the medical staff sent her home after several meetings with her children, Daniel and Margaret. Margaret's daughter, Anna, had been keen to move back to Sydney to look after Olivia as she had a new job and was getting over a relationship breakup. Daniel was working with his firm in Singapore and Margaret had moved to the Gold Coast to be with her new partner. As Olivia just wanted to go home, it seemed logical for Anna to move in to look after her. Daniel had Olivia's power of attorney and could manage the bills from Singapore and also with some of his trips back to his Sydney office. They agreed to appoint Anna as Olivia's enduring guardian. Olivia's good friend Bev, who lived nearby, had been visiting her daily and looking after her. They both had keys to each other's houses and Bev was a regular at Olivia's place, just as Daniel and Margaret had been when they were growing up over at Bev's place with her family. But recently, Bev had been finding it hard to get to see Olivia, as she hadn't felt comfortable letting herself in as she'd been used to do. Anna had taken over the house and been having a lot of people over and it just didn't feel right. Anna now had a new job at a fashion store and was working a lot of shifts at different times. She didn't want Bev there when she was out. Last night, there'd been a very noisy party going on to all hours, with lots of banging of car doors and people loudly talking to each other in the street. Bev was quite worried about how Olivia must be coping with all this noise. She resolved to go over and speak to Anna first thing in the morning. Aunty Bev, what's up? Anna, can I come in? I I want to talk to you. Right now? Well, I, I just needed to talk to you to see how everything's going with your grandmother. I haven't seen her in a while and I, I didn't think she was doing so well when I saw her the week before last. Everything is fine and under control. I noticed you had quite a few people over last night. There's bottles left on a number of the fence posts down the street. So? Well, Anna, do you think it's appropriate to have parties going on at all hours when your grandmother is not well? Oh, she's well enough, Auntie Bev. Look, don't forget, I live here too. And I am entitled to have friends over and it doesn't matter whether you like them or not. They're my friends, and after what I've been through with Patrick, I think I'm entitled to relax and have a bit of a good time every so often. It's not like it's some open Facebook rave where the police get called. 
It's only out of respect for Olivia that I didn't call the police. And maybe I should have. Aren't you worried about your grandmother? I mean, how could she be expected to sleep through all that noise? She had had her pills. She doesn't wake for another six hours. And then I usually have to change the bed. It's disgusting first thing in the morning. I don't think it's good for your grandmother. Anyway, it must be like over ten hours. Let me in. I'll help. Anna, Anna, the door won't open. I need to get to the toilet now. Can't she get to the toilet herself now, Anna? Uh, What's wrong with the door? There's nothing wrong with the door. It's locked so she doesn't wander off in the night. Look, now isn't a good time for us, Aunty Bev. Come back to visit next week. As you can hear, I've got a lot to do. I have a good mind to call your mother to let her know what's been going on around here. Yeah, like she could give a rat's. She's too busy with Avalaf Ari boozing it up all over surface paradise every night. Anna, Anna! Anna, let me help. Later, Aunty Bev. Anna! Honestly, I hate these steep stairs. One thing she's probably right about is that ringing Mary Margaret would be a complete waste of time. But maybe I should ring her brother Daniel. Nan, I was just at the front door. Well, I'm here locked up like a common criminal. And anyway, you're too late. You're going to have to change the sheets now and I need to get to the bathroom. Oh, what a mess. You're just going to have to wait. Now, be a good girl and sit in that chair while I get a bucket and some disinfectant. I will not be a good girl. And who was at the door? Was it Bev? Yes, but she couldn't come in. She had her grandchildren coming over. But when is she coming to see me? I think she said she'd pop in next weekend. Now, move your feet. Dan Masters. Oh, uh, hello. Is that you, Daniel? Nani Bev, what's wrong? Oh, Daniel, I- I'm so sorry to bother you at work. I know you must be busy. No, that's fine, Bev. What's happening? I'm just... It's your mother. Is she all right? Is everything all right? Oh, yes, yes, Daniel. She's okay. Nothing has happened. I. It's just that I'm worried about your mother... She seemed to have deteriorated the last time I saw her. She wasn't herself. Anna is out a lot, and I really don't know if Olivia is doing that well. Well, there are people coming in for meals and physio and then the medication and showering and so on during the day. Yes, but Anna's not home until late sometimes. She keeps having these parties and she doesn't let me visit unless she's home on the weekends. I don't understand, Bev. I spoke with Mum yesterday and she seemed fine. Are you sure? Anna says Mum is doing brilliantly and they get on like a house on fire. Have you talked to Margaret? (laughs) Your sister Margaret is on a club cruise with old hard times Harry. I wouldn't know how to make a ship to shore call even if I could afford it. It was all she could do to let her mother know that she'd be away for three weeks and not even a postcard. Anyway, Daniel, what would she do? As far as she's concerned, her darling Anna can do no wrong. She's probably why she's so spoilt and selfish. She slammed the door in my face yesterday. She what? What happened? Well, I went around the morning after the party. Everyone in the street heard it. There's bottles everywhere. I was worried about Olivia. How could she sleep with all that noise? 
and Anna was only just getting out of bed. She kept telling me everything was fine, but I could hear Olivia calling out. Anna said she has to keep her locked in. I mean, Daniel, do you want your mother locked up in her own house? Locked in? I don't want her locked in. That doesn't sound good at all. I'm going to call Anna and find out what's been going on. Thanks for letting me know, Bev. If you do want to go over, you know where the keys are out back. Yes, yes, but I didn't want to just go in since Anna was living there, you know. She made it clear she only wanted me to come in when it was convenient for her on the weekends. And then not every weekend. I could be stopping by every other day just to say hello to Olivia, uh, bring her something I baked or or my cauliflower soup. You remember my cauliflower soup, don't you, Daniel? (laughs) It was the only way mum could get me to eat any vegetables at all. But seriously, Aunty Bev, just go over whenever you want. It's still mum's house and I won't be mentioning any of this to Anna, but I will be asking her about the parties and some of the other things she is supposed to be organising for mum. I mean, it's hard looking after someone, I know. But Anna said she wanted to do it, to help her grandmother and move on from that party boy Patrick who was cheating on her at every opportunity. Although it sounds like the parties were something they both enjoyed. Yes, well, something is not right, Daniel. And when is the phone being fixed? Olivia needs the phone in her bedroom. Yes, I know. I always have to ring on Anna's phone to speak with her. And as you say, it's mainly weekends. We were waiting for the NBN people to change over and put an extension in a bedroom as well, but I don't know what that's up to. Oh, damn, I'm late for the LIBOR teleconference. Sorry, Bev, I'm going to have to go. I'll try and get back from Singapore this weekend coming. I'll let you know. Bye, Bev. Uh, Yes, bye, bye, Daniel. I'll, I'll check on your mother tomorrow and let you know how she is. Thanks, Bev. Bye. Olivia is sicker than her children and her granddaughter realises and actually needs round-the-clock care. Her friend Bev is the one who understands best about her needs and at the moment she can see that if she can't look after her and her children and granddaughter can't look after her, then something needs to be done. Tanya Katsanis is with Christine Matty, team leader, New South Wales Aging and Disability Abuse Helpline, and they look at the issues facing Olivia. Now, Christine, in this story, Olivia's granddaughter has been asked to look after her grandmother and it has become her enduring guardian. Now, look, it seemed like it was the only solution for the family. Is this common? It is common. Um, It would have been that her grandmother appointed the enduring guardian before she's lost capacity. Um, And it's very common for families to think, oh, well, I'll I'll appoint, you know, a grandchild or one of my kids um, without really thinking necessarily, are they the best people for the role? So that's really the issue with appointing family. It is. Absolutely. Yeah. What options are available to Olivia if the appointed enduring guardian is not acting in her best interests? So if Olivia has capacity, Capacity, which is a cognitive capacity, which is assessed by a lawyer or, or maybe a doctor. Um, if she has capacity, she can actually revoke the enduring power of attorney or the enduring guardianship. These are self-appointed instruments um, and because she's appointed these things, because she has capacity, she is the person who can actually revoke them. If someone has uh, concerns about an enduring guardian and an enduring power of attorney and that person has lost capacity, they need to go through a process at NCAT, which is the New South Wales Civil and Administrative Tribunal. Now, can that be a complicated process? It could be a complicated process. It might be a 
long process, but um, it's a process that they can actually help you with directly. They've got information on their website that can, what what would you expect from a tribunal hearing? What do you need to bring? What sort of um, areas uh, will they cover? So all of that stuff is on the website, but also you can call them up and ask them questions. So it's not impossible. Now, Anna, the granddaughter, is the enduring guardian mm-hmm. in Olivia's story. So let's continue and see what happens. Yeah, okay. Oh, Livy, I hate to see you like this. What's been going on around here? I honestly don't know, Bev, but I'm scared. I know Anna has strangers here all night. I'm in this room and I pray that God will let me die. Oh, don't talk like that. Anna's a young flibberty gibbet, but you're lucky someone is here to help you. Help? She doesn't help. She treats me like a child. I, I, I don't know why she gets angry. She hates me. I, I can't go out. I just can't do anything. Have you tried to call Margaret? I've tried and left messages, but she never returns my calls. Call Margaret? Do you see a phone here? Uh. My daughter's just like her useless father, only interested in herself. That would be a waste of a call. Anna Anna lets me talk to Daniel, but I can't say anything. She just squeezes my arm as if she thinks I'm going to say anything. I wish I... Oh, God, I wish I'd died. Don't say that. Daniel believes you're fine, but he needs to know the situation here. He said he'd try and get here this weekend. I'm so sorry you're going through this, Olivia. You don't deserve this. No one does. This is no way to live, a prisoner in my own home and body. She tells me Daniel can't afford the renovations to my own house. I have money, so why can't he afford it? Don't worry, Livy. You've been through worse. I'm just upset she doesn't let us spend more time together. Bev, I don't see anyone. Look up there. That's my only friend that bloody spider on the wall. Stop it. Have you finished that soup? Oh yes, it was nice. Thanks, Bev. You are my only friend now. Anna may come early, so go. It's easier if she thinks I've been a good girl and just stayed in my room. Hello there, Danny Dan's up. Hi there, Annabella. How have you been? Pretty busy with my new job, cleaning this big house, re-registering the car, you know. When are you coming over to see what I've done with the place? Well, I did want to talk about that, Anna. What's happening with the work that the OT said should be done for your nan? You know, the grab rails, the hand shower, the ramp and stuff. Ah, right. Well, there's a few problems there. George, who came to fit the rails, said that the ramp at the front would have to go all the way across the front and back around to come out the side near the Bonetto's place. So that means all the roses have to come out, the path has to be dug up, the front hedge has to go, and there needs to be a new gate and front fence. What? Why does it have to go that way? Because it's the standards. The ramp has to be like a gentle slope, so it has to turn and then come back to stay on that slope. It's going to ruin the look of the house from the street. Yes, I suppose. Did they give you a quote? Yeah, but it's like 19000 so I thought you'd want to get another one. 
And also they said you had to get like a DA from council and that could take forever. Well, well why didn't you tell me? It's been months. Because I thought you'd have some sort of attack about it. And I don't have time to go to council and try and sort it out. And like, I don't know what to do with all that stuff. And anyway, if Nana gets her wheelchair on any sort of ramp by herself, she's likely to go out of control and end up charging down to Wellington Street, knocking down all those nosy neighbours on the way. Yeah, well, someone should always be with her. That was the deal when you went to live there. Yeah, but I can't be here every minute. We're not asking you to be there every minute, but why have you been locking Nan in at night? I don't want to lock in, Anna. It's not right. And you shouldn't be locking Nan in at night just because you are having a party. And just on that, there have been complaints about noise and rubbish being left in the street. I mean, you can't just turn your Nana's place into party central. Oh, I get it. Bossy Bev's been on to you. You'd think it was her mother the way she goes on. She doesn't like the look of the garden. She doesn't like the meals they bring Nan. She wants to see Nan now. Like, I've got a lot on right now. Patrick has been texting me again and I just don't want him in my life anymore. Well, you are quite capable of telling him that, Anna, but it can't interfere with your Nana's welfare. I'll be coming home on the weekend and we can talk more about this then. And by the way, I have told Bev that she can come in during the week while you're at work to keep Mum company. So don't make any more waves. Oh, well, she better not start snooping around the place. She's being so irritating. I live there too and I'm entitled to some privacy. Dan, look... Why are we arguing about all this stuff? It's just so much pressure. Okay, okay. We'll talk about it when I get there. Gotta go. Bye. Bye. Now, Christine, let's look at this because Olivia is starting to look like a victim of elder abuse. Now, can you explain why? Um, We can see here that there are many things happening for Olivia that are being compromised. So in terms of her psychologically, I would think that, yes, in terms of what um, we can hear through this story, that we could say that elder abuse is occurring um, and there's different abuse types actually happening here. So multiple competing abuse types. Yes, absolutely. And that's very common. I would look at neglect as the first abuse type that's happening because we've seen that Anna is neglecting Olivia's needs by not installing a ramp, which she really requires to get about. So neglect, certainly. We would also say that psychological abuse has been happening because Olivia is not allowed visitors and has very limited use of the phone. So and she's Anna, speaking too poorly. Is there lack of respect there as well, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, absolutely. So and Anna is socially isolating her grandmother, but she's also, as you said, um, speaking disrespectfully to her. So that would both be psychological abuse. Also, we would say there's physical abuse occurring because Olivia is unable to leave her room, which is restraint, if you like, physical restraint. So that would be physical abuse. That's also neglect as well, because she's neglecting the needs of her grandmother. Her grandmother needs to be able to leave that room or leave any parts of those houses if she or the house if she needs to. So yes, it's it's physical, it's um, psychological, and it's also neglect that we can hear through Olivia's story. What about leaving her in the uh, urine stained sheets or yeah, letting her abs- wet the bed? Absolutely. So that would be neglect and physical as well. In instances like this, is there a duty of care or legal obligation for someone like Bev or even a carer to report the neglect? Um, There isn't. So there is no mandatory reporting within the community. So in this instance, it really takes the um, wherewithal of somebody who has either witnessed or has had a disclosure or is themselves actually experiencing the abuse to actually put hands up and say, this is what's happening for this particular person or for me. And then we look at getting help based on that. 
So with the granddaughter, Anna, um, she may not have been intentional in her neglect, but her grandmother was, if we like it or not, a victim of elder abuse at the hands of her granddaughter. Is there a failure in our system that we are not better educating potential carers about their expected level of responsibility? Absolutely, Tanya. I would say that education is key. So in terms of people taking on roles, so they may be doing it accidentally as carers, but if someone is appointed as a carer um, or has taken on that role, as I said, accidentally, there needs to be firm education so that they understand what their roles and responsibilities are and also for the person that they're caring for so that they understand that sort of exchange in relationships. So what does everybody need to be doing for everybody else? Yep. So we're very thankful that Bev's uh, brought it to the attention of Olivia's son, Daniel. So we are hoping there'll be some type of intervention. So let's go back to our story and see what happens. Okay. Uncle Dan, what? Auntie Bev, what are you guys doing here? I'm down for the weekend, remember? Oh, you, I didn't get any more messages, so I assumed you'd be cancelling again. Yeah, well, I think I need to be here a bit more often. I'll just go in to see Mum. Do you want to make some coffee? Sure, I can make coffee. I'll come with you, Anna. I brought some lemon slice. Hi, Mama. How are you feeling? Oh, Danny, I've missed you so. You can't leave me here. It's terrible. Anna is terrible. I've got those Belgian chocolates you like. You know what I like, Danny. Oh, thanks, love, but I I just need to talk to you. I need a phone in here. And the TV only shows silly cooking shows. So, do you remember when... Yeah, Mum. Look, I'm just going to have a serious talk with Anna, and then I'll be back, okay? Oh, yes, good. She needs a good talking to, that one. She thinks... she, She... the, the things she says to her grandmother and Nana, I, I, I didn't bring you up like that, did I? No, of course not, Mama. Now I won't be long, OK? Here's your coffee, Daniel, and some nice lemon slice that I made. Only the best from you, Auntie Bev. Now, Anna, when I asked you if you were able to care for your grandmother, you said yes. It would be good to make a move away from Patrick and closer to your new job. I never expected you to treat your nana with such disrespect. And what has happened to the money I sent you for the work to be done on the house? Well, firstly, I have paid the tradie a deposit. I'm just waiting for him to start the work. Secondly, I've been busy and haven't had a chance to clean up. What's with the third degree? Really? I haven't seen any tradesmen coming in. Why are you all attacking me? I didn't give Grandma Olivia a friggin' stroke. I did what I was told and looked after her. It's not my friggin' fault the tradie hasn't done the job. What about Bev? Are you denying that you have been rude to her and limiting her visits with her grandmother? She just doesn't understand. I did nothing wrong. I made sure Nana had her treatments and was fed and clothed. In between, I have my own life to live, you know? Enough. It's clear that this was a mistake and it's not working. So this is what's going to happen. I'm arranging for your Nana to go into respite care for three weeks. Auntie Bev has agreed to stay here with you and look after your nana until we can find an aged care facility. During this period, I will ask that you look for an alternate place to live. You're a grown woman and you should be more than capable of standing on your own two feet. At your age, your grandmother was working and raising two children alone. You have no one but yourself to think of, so it should be easy. 
It's clear that we need to find a place that your nana will get the care and attention she needs, and if it comes to that, we will need to clean this place up to either rent it out or sell it. I'll cross that bridge when I come to it. Finally, the money I transfer to your account to pay for renovations, I want it back minus the deposit you paid, if indeed you actually paid a deposit. Are we clear? This is bull. I'll be gone by the end of the week. Screw you and your money. Oh, she's always been a hothead. Let her calm down. She'll see that she's in the wrong. Anna is the least of my concerns. Right now, our focus should be on what's right for Mum. I'm so sorry that all of this has happened, but I think respite care with a view to a permanent placement into a care facility is the best thing for your mother. It may not be what she wants, but it's what she needs. I know, Bev. She can't live by herself and none of us can be here 24-7. And Mum wouldn't want us to be. And unfortunately, we simply can't afford full-time in-home care. We'll just have to take it one day at a time. Now, when we're considering Olivia's story, the family intervention came during crisis mode. So is this something that was handled well when we're looking at Olivia's story? You'd hope that it would never get to a crisis. So you'd hope that the family was talking well before so that things were planned. So in terms of Olivia's needs, if a few years before this scenario, she'd actually been able to voice what she needed, what she wanted in the future, were she not able to do things for herself? So it's getting everyone together and having a conversation with the family or with friends or whoever's involved and whoever is going to be either providing a little bit of care or is a concerned person. Just having a conversation, which I know sounds incredibly simple and it's like, well, surely there should be something else, but really getting people talking is the most important thing that everyone can do. But the reality is most families get to this situation where it's crisis. Often so there have is, they handled this particular one well? Yeah. You know, I would say there is a deficit. Um, I would say that there are certainly needs in terms of everyone understanding their roles and responsibilities. So... No, it wouldn't be the best, but there are certainly services that we could link people to through the helpline. Um, One I can think of off the top of my head is the Relationships Australia Elder Abuse Specific Mediation and Counselling. So there is ways in which people can have a mediated conversation about the needs of everybody so that it's really clear who is doing what and the responsibilities of everyone involved but really for that older person to have that voice again and so they need to be supported to have those conversations. Maybe if you can do it around a a kitchen table, fabulous, but if that's not reality and it's not going to work for your family, there are places that you can actually have these conversations and to be respectful and for everyone to be heard. What are the other options available to the family? If if we were to go back to the beginning, Mm -hmm. what would have been the best option? was to have that conversation and do... Yeah, probably appointing the person who is happy to take on that role. So I think a lot of people accidentally become carers and accidentally move into that space. And it may not be something that they genuinely feel that they can actually fulfil. So it's looking at who is best equipped to do that within a family. If a family decides they are the ones who are going to do that role, then it could be looking outside of that family unit. So you might be looking at a care service or 
any other sort of um, options besides actually looking at that family unit because it may be that there are better options. But knowing how everyone feels and what everyone would genuinely like to do, most importantly, what Olivia needs and wants everybody then would know what's happening so that this sort of event would be less likely to occur. Just to sum up with Olivia, what we should have done or what should have happened from the outset was a family meeting to understand Olivia's will and preference, mm-hmm. setting out and finding the right uh, right people to take on the responsibilities, whether it be power of attorney or enduring guardian. Yes. And then making sure those people were educated well enough to understand what their roles and responsibilities are because their bare necessities are sometimes not enough. Absolutely not. You're absolutely right. And I think it's making sure that everyone's on the same page and continues to have those conversations. So it's like if she has appointed certain people or persons in those roles that while she has capacity, she can revoke those. And it's knowing that she has these rights that she can do this. If she has lost capacity, knowing the process of how to get this, not revocation. So this would be a review of either one or both through the New South Wales Civil and Administrative Tribunal. But really having conversations, again, it sounds super simple and we know it's not really easy necessarily, but getting everybody at the table, getting everybody talking, it's incredibly important. You've been listening to Money Dearest, a series podcast to help people navigate through the stressful period toward the end of life. We hope this episode, looking at multiple competing issues of abuse, helps explain how these situations arise and can lead to elder abuse. Music for this series was composed by Kat Olchen and Pottington Bear, and 2SCRFM produces this series with the support of the Sydney Community Foundation and the Perkins Family Foundation. Thanks for being with us. I'm Roderick Chambers, and we hope that you're going to listen to our next instalment of Money Dearest.